14 minutes to four, you're with the Weekend Collective and the second summit between US President Donald Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un ended this week without any deal or agreement. Although Washington insists dialogue will continue, in its most important sense we're still at square one, without a deal. North Korea will not be eliminating its nuclear arsenal anytime soon. So where to from here? Jonathan Cheng is the Wall Street Journal's sole correspondent. He joins us now. Jonathan, I believe you're still in Vietnam? That's right. So tell us, US and South Korea are scaling back military exercises. What does this mean? Well, it's actually a little bit of an echo of what we saw in Singapore last year, where um, in that case, we had a sort of modest, uh, feel-good agreement. This time, of course, we didn't get any agreement. But afterwards, we have the US essentially giving... North Korea, what it wanted um, in the form of reduced military exercises and general military presence on the Korean Peninsula. So um, it does change the calculus a little bit. I think uh, both uh, Trump and Kim were disappointed that there wasn't uh, a deal that they could strike together while in Hanoi. But uh, Kim Jong-un does get the pocket this game. Hey, look, Jonathan, just from where I'm sitting, it looks like Kim Jong-un is playing Donald Trump like a grand piano. True or not? <laughs> well, that's a strong statement. And, I, you know, I don't think we can uh, quite get to the accounting of who won and who lost yet because it is still early uh, in this back and forth. And, you know, I mean, there, there, there's certainly two ways to look at it. One is that Kim himself may have lost because he took a long 60-hour train ride through China. Um, he, you know, was going to go there to basically win some more concessions from the U.S. and now he returns home empty-handed. So there's an argument to be made that Donald Trump stood up to him and left him hanging. But of course, I think in this case, both of them were disappointed. So I don't know. You know, I, I do think that, that there's reason to be wary of what uh, uh, North Korea is doing with all of this. But I think it may be still too soon to declare, uh, you know, a, a final winner here. Right. You're still there in Vietnam. But uh, back at home in Seoul and in North Korea, on the, uh, on the Korean peninsula, what do you think this failure of the summit will mean? Well, South Korea's president, Moon Jae-in, has really been a big proponent of engagement. He's really been supporting every step here to try and talk to Kim Jong-un a little bit more. For him, this is a really big blow. Um, It's a big blow as well to inter-Korean economic engagement. There were plans to um, restart a joint business park between the two sides, to have more, potentially even have tourists go up to North Korea. Um, And all of that looks like it's going to fall on the back burner again, because that can only really proceed if there's seem to be progress on North Korea's nuclear program. Do you foresee more dialogue, Jonathan, as Washington suggests? Well, I do think that both sides, and I mean both North Korea and the U.S., and throw in South Korea as well, um, they're all in favor of uh, more dialogue. They've all signaled that that's what they want. Um, Neither Kim nor Trump seem to slam the door and say, I'm out of here, I'm not talking to these guys again. Um, You know, Donald Trump essentially said, we are open to meeting again. Kim Jong-un and uh, the North Korean state media in their pronouncements have also made clear as well that they look forward to the next meeting. So um, whether that comes sooner rather than later, I mean, I doubt it. My sense is that both sides are going to want to go back and lick their wounds and assess what went wrong and 
uh, size up the other ones um, before they, 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 they make their effort again. But I think we'll start to see in the next couple of weeks, um, just from the tone of North Korean state media, from what Trump may say on Twitter, um, and on how uh, Donald Trump's own domestic political concerns, which of course are, are gaining, whether that plays a role as well. It could distract them or it could make him want to uh, seek a victory uh, overseas. Nothing sharpens the mind like a little domestic pressure. Now, assuming there is a third summit, what needs to change from either side to get some pro- uh, some progress? Well, there are two ways to go. One is to go bigger, and you know that's a tall task, and that would mean get rid of everything, North Korea. And in, in exchange, not only will we lift all of our sanctions, we'll be best friends with you, we'll sign an alliance with you, and then you don't have to worry about China anymore. Even though China's your friend, you're worried about China as well. That's one way to go. But that one obviously requires a whole lot of trust, and trust is something that is in pretty short supply these days. And the other way to do it, of course, is to go smaller, and that is um, start by doing symbolic gestures, um, open a liaison office, do ping-pong ping pong diplomacy or something like that, and just try and get... Um, you know, just really simple, rather meaningless, uh, symbolic victories. So at least it feels like things are moving in the right direction. So that's sort of how I see things going if there's to be progress again. Jonathan Ching, thank you so much for your time today.